The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Gregoratis. I'm speaking to you from an increasingly warm Tucson, Arizona, where spring has finally started to show, and I'm really happy about that because I hate winter and the cold. I hope you're, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere that you're also enjoying uh, the start of the spring. Today's guest has been on the show before when it was branded as the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood podcast. His name's Jay Campbell. And the previous time he was on, he was discussing testosterone optimization therapy because he's a world-leading expert in that. And he's written some books on it and has a successful business surrounding that, or that's built around that. But he's taken a change of pace with regards to his career and his business, which is something I always respect and admire when, when someone does. It's, it's hardly ever easy to do that. And Jay's now getting a little bit more into the world of, um, well, not a little bit more, a lot more into the world of spirituality and in particular vibration, which I know sounds like a pretty woo-woo out there topic, but uh, when you listen to this episode, you'll figure out that uh, there's something to it and that it can play a role in, or understanding can play a role in helping you become a happier, healthier, more successful individual. So uh, let's dive right into it. Enjoy. Hey brothers, welcome back to the Liberation Mental Podcast and I have an awesome guest today. I'll preface it by giving you guys a short, very short story. Uh, last year I had a, a party in Los Angeles for my birthday and um, this gentleman, Jay Campbell, came along and um, he sat next to one of my best friends, Thomas, who actually, you guys might remember, I did a podcast called Digital Communion with him several years ago. He's an amazing man. And a couple of nights later, uh, we spoke and he was telling me about his experience at the party and in particular his experience of sitting next to Jay and his words were, Nick, you always surround yourself with the most interesting people. And in the case of Jay Campbell, that is absolutely 100% the case. Jay, I'm so happy to finally have you on, on a show, uh, on, on my new show, because you were on the Jiu-Jitsu Brother podcast. Thanks so much for coming, bro. Yeah, it's an honor, brother. And, uh, you know, when you and I did a podcast together on for my show, too, I mean, as I told you, it was like such an advanced, you know, it was like a spirit. It was really honestly like a spiritual adventure. And it was, uh, you know, I, was, I mean, obviously, I knew of you through Mike Cernovich, obviously, from a long time ago. And uh, when we first connected, first year podcast, and then my podcast, I just felt like we've been like, you know, probably on many journeys together in past lives. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, based on that, I'm, if it's, if it's starting to get deep already, it's probably going to go uh, <laughs> ridiculously deep, man. You know, I, so what I do for the audience is um, when I have a, a guest in mind and they express interest of coming on the show, I get them to fill out a form and the form includes like their suggestions for five talking points and where they currently live and just a few facts so that I can reference those during the episode. And one of the questions I ask, which is actually, it's a question I'm really fond of in, in social situations as well. You know, one of the things most people do is when they meet someone at a party or in any sort of um, social situation is that 
within two minutes they ask the person what do they do for a living or what what do you do <laughs> right. right which is so fucking boring reading cliche and i hate asking oh it. i make uh four hundred thousand dollars a month and yeah because that's why they're asking they're asking because they want to know how powerful you are how much money you make or right. what you can do for them generally <laughs> so i i've just absolutely hate asking that question so i've, I've stopped asking it. And the question I ask now is, what's the one thing you love, you like most about yourself? And I asked that on, on my um, little application thing as well for the podcast. And Jay, I knew, I knew this was going to be a good one when you, you put your answer was, I love and trust myself. And I just think that's absolutely awesome, dude. I think that's so cool. And I want to know, I guess the first question is, how did you, were you always like that? Or, or, or did, was it a journey to get to a point where you love and trust yourself? Man, it was a journey, brother. Um, first off, that was a thank, thank you, by the way. Um, I, I wish that I could say I was as enlightened and as aware uh, to to know that or to have that recognition earlier in my life. But no, man. I mean, I think you know a little bit of my story. I mean, I uh, I had to basically have my a couple of dark nights of the soul. Um, you know, first uh, at, at turning forty. You know, coming home for my 40th birthday and my my ex-wife have left me and kidnapped my two daughters and then you know a year about a year later subsequently going to jail being charged with multiple felonies damn i didn't know that i had no idea of that that, that you were, yeah that i mean you were. basically my life unraveled i mean i i i kind of had you know it was, it's funny that we're talking about this right now but i just to perfectly quantify it i i i see a uh and i know you and i have talked about this before but i i see an art an active release therapy massage therapist once a month and mm-hmm. she works on my wife too. And she's amazing. And I've been seeing her for 26 years. She's absolutely amazing. She does cranial sacral, obviously deep tissue. But yesterday she was, we were talking about ascension and just the whole path and stuff. And she's like, Jay, you've already had three ascensional paths in your life. You've had three wives and three lives. And it's true. You know, wow. my, my first wife, uh, her and I were together from 24 to 32. And then my second wife, uh, which I have two beautiful daughters from, you know, we were together for about nine years until I was 41. And then now subsequently on my, exactly, I'm on my third wife, third life. Uh, Monica and I have been together since 2012. Since the end of the mind calendar, basically. Dude, amazing, <laughs> right? So I've, I've actually had, I know when you go back and you start thinking about like how everything, quote unquote, changed for me from that 2000, end of 2010 to when I met Monica, which was in August of 2012, which, yeah, right, the procession of the equinoxes, there's, there's no coincidences, as you know, but, but all of those things transformed me spiritually to where I am now today. And of course, you know, to, 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 to the original question, I had to learn, Nick. I mean, I absolutely had to seek, you know, deeper knowing, deeper awareness to go within, to tend the garden, so to speak. I love that term. Um, of finding out like who I really was, because as you said, you know, I was not the guy who told everybody that he was a millionaire or owned all these properties or made all this money or did all these stupid material, nonsensical things. But obviously when you go back and you think about who you were, you know, in your late twenties and then early thirties and you know, where I've got to now, it's kind of funny because I can look back at it and laugh, but no, man. I mean, I, I, I had to get to a point where I loved myself. When I, when, I, when I grew up, I was the oldest of nine children. And my dad was a very profound, strong, totalitarian, you know, tyrannical dictator, uh, alpha male. And he would always tell me that there was somebody out there better than me. There was somebody out there outworking me, no matter what I would do, no matter what I would achieve. And I was a pretty good athlete, mm-hmm. you know. 
in a lot of sports. I mean, I was actually like a, a high school All-American. My, my eighth and ninth grade, I was a, a All-American classified um, as a soccer player. And then I had a really debilitative knee injury in my right knee. Injury, uh, knee. And I also, uh, it wasn't really an injury, but it was a growth plate issue. It's called Osgood-Slaughter's disease. But anyway, it stopped me from playing soccer. I have the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so you remember that. So it stopped me from playing soccer. It was so bad. And what that is, so people, when people listen, it's obviously a, a disease where your bones are growing faster than your growth plates. And so anyway, I was in abject pain. I couldn't play soccer anymore. So then I gravitated towards basketball and I became a pretty good basketball player. I played division two in college and was a scholarship athlete. And then I had a cup of coffee overseas. But anyway, my whole life, I was an athlete. I was also a good uh, student. You know, I, was, uh, I focused a lot on my studies, but my dad just constantly told me that I wasn't good yeah. enough. Right. So great parenting strategy, by the way. Yeah. So I took that with me. And it just, you know, you learn, right, that you're not enough. Mm -hmm. And when you're not enough, you don't love and trust yourself. So it wasn't until literally at 42, you know, met Monica where, and, and, and it was a little bit before I met her because I was, I was given books, you know, I, I mean, I, I know the books exactly. I mean, I was, you know, it was like Gary Zukoff, uh, Man's Search mm -hmm. for Meaning, um, you know, wh what's the guy that wrote um, The Ways of the Superior Man, David yeah. Duda. There were a lot of books that I, that I read that really started me on this path. But then when I met Monica, and, and she really became my spiritual mentor, and even today she really mm -hmm. ultimately is, I really knew that I had to learn who I really was. Cool. And learning who I really was was a guy who didn't love and trust mm -hmm. himself, bro. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. That's interesting. I mean, I want to... There's so much that I want to take further there with what you've just said. I mean, the, the first thing is, and again, uh, if it's difficult for you to speak about, I'm totally happy for you to... to oh, no, no, no. I'm an open You know, the, the thing me. with your dad, um, it's interesting because my the last episode of my show, I actually opened the show with a, a little story I told about how I, I forgave my dad and, and came to terms with everything that, that he kind of put my, myself and my family through when I was younger. And one of the things, one of the things that helped me do that is realize that, you know, there's an expression, hurt people, hurt people, right? And it's, it's usually just this pattern that just plays out generation after generation after generation. And I'm guessing something happened with your dad when he was a kid, right? Like I'm guessing his dad was probably a tyrannical fucking hardcore dude as well. Or there was there's something that made him feel that way. And then he wanted to... It was actually, if you can believe it, it was actually his mom. Right. Absolutely. Now, yes. have you... And again, there's absolutely no judgments when I ask you. It's just purely from a point of interest. Have you really done everything that you've could to be able to forgive him and just like move on and, and and help you and him restore some sort of sort of relationship? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've completely forgiven him. Um, my dad is so you know just some some um, high level feedback. Um, my father is still like in dissonance, right? Like he is a retired multimillionaire. You know, obviously he was a very powerful man and that he, in his business and corporation worlds, he was like CEO of multiple companies and he retired with a lot of money. And again, he has nine children, but, but, but his marriage, and I, you know, I'm very open and comfortable saying this, but my, his marriage, my mom and dad are still together for 51 years. They absolutely mm -hmm. hate each other. Uh, their relationship is based on literally nothing. I mean, it's insane mm -hmm. that they're still together and that they both haven't died because they're in such dissonance, but he is who he is. And I've completely in 100% forgiven him. And I've also totally allowed and accepted who he is. I mean, I, it's funny because there's been actually multiple times in probably the last six or seven years where I've, you know, spoken to them in person. And then I've also sent them a letter. And then I've actually even had conversations on the phone. And honestly, dude, like, you know, where I am spiritually 
and where they are is like, you know, Mars mm-hmm. and Venus, right? Like we were opposite ends of the spectrum, but I fully um, accept that, like I said, and respect, you know, who they are. And I've completely come to terms and, and, and forgiven mm-hmm. him. But at the same time, it's kind of hard because he has, you know, eight other sons and daughters and most of them vibrate at the similar level kind of that he mm-hmm. vibrates at. And so, and they're also a little bit more uh, because of where they're located. He's on the East Coast. He's in uh, Atlanta, Georgia area. Most of his uh, kids are in that area. Although he does, you know, my sister's out here and then he has some kids that are in Minnesota or Minneapolis area. But anyway, majority of them because of mm-hmm. proximity and then also because of just who they are vibrationally, you know, are much closer to him. So he's always just kind of like looked at me as like, you know, whatever the black sheep or, I mean, again, and I'm just using those words. I, I don't think that, I don't know if he actually thinks of me that way, but I, I, I have very little interaction with him, communication okay. and connection yeah. with him. Yeah. I mean, other than, other than, cause he just had um, hip replacement surgery, um, you know, me checking in on him, help, you know, offering to help. And obviously, you know, me from, you know, my realm of being involved in medicine and, you know, being a, quote unquote, known biohacker mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call me. Um, you know, I've had access, I, I was able to, or, or, or could have, you know, gotten him access to any surgeon, right? Like, I mean, I, I even had surgeons like reach out to me and volunteer because, they, you know, they hear me on my podcast, whatever, say, and they'll hear my dad's story. They said, dude, I'll, I'll just charge him like my cost and I'll do the work. But my dad is just who my dad is. And I was like, oh no, I appreciate your even opportunity or the offer, but my dad's just going to, you know, use his doctor and you go down mm-hmm. his path and that's just who he is and stuff like that. So, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I fully accepted my dad, completely forgiven him. And uh, and honestly, you know, I've been able to look at it from a perspective of it's not my, it's not my dad's issue. It's my issue. Sure. You know, like I, I could sit here and say that my dad was the way he was, but I mean, who cares, man, I'm sovereign and empowered. And you might be a large part of the fact that you found your way to sovereignty and empowerment might have to do with, right the journey your dad's actions initially set you on, you know, so indirectly he might exactly. have actually led you to where you are, you know, because. Totally dude. I, I absolutely see that and feel that and accept that. And like I said, allow that. And you know, it's funny you say that because like, obviously I've done a lot of reading. I've done a lot of meditation. I've done a lot of introspection and again, a lot of tending the garden internal work and acceptance was something that I learned a long time ago, but what I didn't learn, like I have recently when I say, and I know I've told you this in text messages, um, which is really in the last like nine months to a year, which was allowance. And when you, when you can allow everything and anything that happens to you, you know, in this realm, whatever this is without judgment of it, that's, that's, that's that's mastery of life. I mean, that represents mastery of life in my opinion. I would really love to be at that point. Funny enough, I just read an interesting book that I'm sure you're familiar with by a guy called, I think it's Michael A. Singer called the surrender experiment. Um, I'm, I haven't read the book, but I am familiar with the work. Yeah. Yeah. He also wrote the untethered soul and both of those are absolutely fantastic books. The surrender experiment shows how he built a multi hundred million dollar business just through that process of allowing and not listening to the chattering monkey mind in his head and, and just going where life was trying to lead him, which I, th- I mean, to me, that that's, if I think of ideals that I want to strive towards, that's definitely one of them of just literally being able to go with the flow of life, but it is such an exceptionally difficult thing to do. Yeah, no, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, as a guy who, you know, didn't, again, understand allowance at all up until the last year, I was always attempting to put my business pursuits or 
my my goals, my dreams, my paths, you know, in bullet mm-hmm. points, right? Because everybody's trying to like hierarchy, hierarchically classify or categorize, you know, how they get there, right? Because I mean, dude, anybody can read any self-help slash business book of today and they're a dime a dozen, they're everywhere. And everybody is parroting the same things, right? It's like, oh, well, you got to wake up in the morning and have a morning ritual. And then you're going to have, you know, 20 minutes where you're going to dedicate your task or to your goals for that day. And then you should have a three-year plan. I mean, dude, it, it, it goes on and on and on, right? Like, but that really is the key. The key is to have a vision of what you want in your life, right? So a purpose and a, and, and, a, and a path, as I call it, to mastery. So a purpose and a mission devoted to some form of mastery, regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, becoming like me, like, you know, a hormone optimizer or a life optimizer, or I call myself a vibration <laughs> optimizer now, um, or, or a ditch digger, you know, as long as your path is one of mastery, then you're probably, and again, obviously not doing anything, you know, illicitly or mm-hmm. ill-gottenly, you're probably going to get what you want. But the key is, is to not focus on the small things. And, you know, th- that's what allowing is, because if you focus on the small things, meaning you have to have it exactly specified and measured, you'll sure. never get there, dude, because as you know, life, yeah, life gets in yeah, exactly. Way. You have to have that. It's, you have to have the ability to drive forwards, but also to allow deviation from the path, right? Because, yeah, yeah it's a very interesting... Totally. Uh, it's like, a, I don't want to say it's a tightrope you walk, because that probably has a negative connotation. But yeah, like it's this, it's this balance you have to have between, as I said, that drive and the, and the flexibility. I think tightrope is actually a good phraseology for it. You know, like I, 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 I'm grabbing this. I wrote this down, this piece of paper that I wrote. So like... Um, you know, I, I, I see a, not a therapist, but there's a woman who's a regression hypnosis mm-hmm. person that um, is involved in our inner circle. And I talk to her on a regular basis. And whenever I sometimes get into this, you know, as I, so I think just to go back and give a little bit bigger picture. So when I really got heavy, heavy and hardcore into spirituality, which was probably when I was about 37. And again, this is before my dark night of the soul, before I touched plant medicine, before any of those things. I really started going down the path. Obviously, I'm a prolific reader. I have a really awesome, prodigious mm-hmm. memory, and I've always been able to read and remember. So I started really going down the path of reading like esoteric books and spirituality books. And again, man, man's search for meaning, ancestry, all of that stuff. I started to think that, and really it's a lot of it is true, but you just have to just you know repurpose the, the vision of what you understand. But I started to realize or think that. The pursuit of money, the pursuit of materialism, the pursuit of, you know, the pursuit of shiny things was all wrong. And that, you know, all these people that like have dedicated their whole lives of making these untold vast sums of money were all wrong and it's negative and blah, blah, blah. So then I kind of like imbued that thought process into who I was. And I've always been a guy who's been able to, um, you know, pretty easily make money live a good life. I've never wanted for anything. I've never been like, you know, maniacally obsessed with making money. I was a millionaire in my early thirties. You know that I've told you that story. I, I, I owned a bunch of uh, real estate in the right time in Southern California. To, to be honest, I, I, I don't think you have told me that story. No, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Okay. So we'll just, just, yeah, just real quick. I, I was, uh, you know, a guy in my late twenties, really at 26. I was really, really smart. Again, I, I, I wish I could say I was that smart, but I was, I was kind of focused on certain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, at the time I was, I'm 49. I just turned 49 last Monday. And in my early twenties, mid twenties, I was focused on, 
um, technology stocks. And so the first $5,000 in my life that I got that I could actually like, you know, invest, I put in like a Yahoo, Apple computer and technology. And within a year, it was worth, you know, over $600,000, right? So I used that money and I started buying real estate in Southern California. And again, right Mm -hmm. place, right time. And before you know it, dude, I had a portfolio of multi-million dollars in rental properties. Yeah. So, but, you know, again, as I say, easy come, easy go. At At that time, I had no, I was not a good human being. I was an egoic driven person. Uh, my nickname, by the way, for a lot of people that knew me was fuck you, pay me. That was literally my nickname. <laughs> I was so good at negotiation, sale, selling, whatever that like the people that knew me were like, they were like, he's fuck you, pay me. You know, it's like, he's that good. Like he'll get you to like, you know, he'll strip you naked, you know? And I was honestly like, just so dude, so egoically motivated by material means and again, this is my early thirties that I, dude, I was unconscious. I really was. I was absolutely unconscious. And it's, it, it makes me almost cry sometimes now thinking back about probably how I was with people. But, uh, but the whole thing. So was there, was there, was there a point, like an actual point or an actual specific event where you just realized, fuck, this has to change or I have to, I have to go beyond this. It, it, I mean, it, it ultimately happened at, at um, getting arrested, you know, uh, finding out that my, uh, ex-wife was having an affair, you know, made up an entire story to get me arrested. She was so disillusioned with our relationship and, you know, I went into the system. I was living in Las Vegas in a really nice, um, I was in Red Rock country club of Las Vegas in uh, a subdivision called the Willows, you know, gated subdivision, like 4,400 square foot house. I had a really awesome job, a good life, you know, two baby, two little girls at the time, three and one. And, um, and she was cheating on me. And I, you know, I, I had no idea, honestly, it was going on for a long time, but, uh, going to jail, dude, you know, getting all these charges, dealing with everything that happened to me. That's when I realized that like, okay, I, it's mm. me, you know, it's not, it's not her, it's me. And so that was like where the real self-examination started. And then, you know, the next four years of my life, bro, I mean, I had to like unbury myself. I lost my job. I lost my house. I lost my standing in society. I lost my kids. My kids were gone for 18 months, you know? So I pretty much lost everything. And then I was at the time uh, also that thankfully I, I experimented with, you know, by the mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and it obviously, it was a massive cathartic emotional release for me. It was definitely a massive trauma integration. And I would assume that, you know, at that time I didn't know as much as I know about things now, but I assumed that there was probably a lot of past life, uh, transgenerational trauma that I was attached to obviously through my father, through his mother, and even in my mom's side. And because there's a lot of stuff that I found out later, which was really only in the last three years about mm-hmm. my mom's family tree and how much horrible stuff that they were dealing yeah. with it's interesting to me jay that you, you mentioned the the transgenerational you use the word transgenerational because one of the things that I, I think about a lot is um there's a bible quote which says the sins of the father shall be visited upon the sixth generation and exactly. i think about that like you know exactly. a lot of the work that i do with my clients and a lot of my clients come from the world of martial arts and martial artists generally like the men in martial arts a lot of them not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them, it's, it's the root cause of all their issues is like a, a damaged relationship with their father, right? And yeah. again, as I said earlier in the conversation, 
their father hurt them either directly or indirectly because he himself was hurt. And, you know, you, t- you tie it back, it goes back several generations. I don't know if it always goes back six generations, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that's one of the things that a guy like you has done is he's broken that pattern, right? And that is such a powerful mm-hmm. thing. It's such a rare and powerful thing to be able to literally step outside yourself and see that this thing keeps happening over and over through the generations. And if, if something doesn't change, it's your kids are going to carry that, right? Um, I really uh, yeah, love the, t- the fact that you got through that. Jay, I wanted to just, just say, um, it's not really a segue because it's a similar topic, but you've used the word vibration a lot um, in the last few conversations we've had. And you've mentioned it a few times in this podcast. And I love that word. I use it a lot. I talk about it a lot as well. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because, you know, the, the problem with the world of, of, I even hate using the word spirituality because it's, it's been hijacked by, you know what I mean? Totally. It's, it's been hijacked by these fucking people who are so far from <laughs> spiritual and they just oh, yeah. regurgitate the same shit that they read in power of now, or they saw on Oprah and they all do the same thing. They all like buy the same yoga mat and they all kind of have the same Instagram account and they, and they're kind of like, especially the men, there's a, I don't really know how to put it, but there's a kind of very effeminate sort of lack of male presence and authority that I've seen in almost every man who claims to be in touch with his spirit, right? Not all of them, but the vast majority. And that's one of the things I like about you is that you're, you're still a guy's guy, right? Like you're still like you meet you and you know, you're well built and you kind of like, you got a good strong jawline and a presence and a charisma and you kind of can, you're a man, right? Like you've, you've had your battles, right? And right, you can right. look me in the eye when we speak. And, but then you can talk about things like vibration and transgenerational trauma and plant medicine and everything. And that's why I want to talk to you about this stuff. If you weren't that kind of if you, if you know what I mean, like you, you have this very cool, interesting crossover for me of those two worlds. And I appreciate it a lot. So, so specifically the vibration thing, I mean, what is that for, for those people listening to this? And I'm sure there's quite a few of them who have never heard human beings described in terms of vibration or places described in terms of vibration. What does that mean to you? Well, thanks by the way, for the comment. Um, I appreciate it. It means a lot. I am a man's man. I mean, obviously for the people that don't know who I am, um, you know, previous to this podcast, you know, I made my bones, so to speak, um, you know, in the internet from writing up books on testosterone optimization therapy, right? Like I've written the two most, the highest rated or most sold according to Amazon, <laughs> if you believe anything Amazon says, uh, which is different. In this case, debatable. I believe it. Um, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> The two, the two, right, exactly. The two uh, highest rated books on, on testosterone optimization therapy. So yes, I mean, I am a man's man. I'm, you know, ex-college and professional athlete from a, a large family, you know, raised Catholic, you know, all of those things, um, which as you said, you know, today we find a lot of men wanting and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation of like what's going on in the environment that makes men weak and emasculated. But, you know, what is vibration? So obviously it is my opinion that, all of us from a soul slash spiritual level, um, you know, have a memory or a remembrance of pretty much everything, you know, is according to our essence. And, you know, what I think is that each of us as soul beings, um, you know, as spiritually evolved soul beings are at base essence, all we are, dude, is, and I know you know this, but like at base essence, all we are is really literally whirring electrons 
and you know worrying electrons plasmatic fire you know whatever you want to call it charged particles standing waves it's all the same thing i mean obviously i'm a big student of quantum physics and i've gotten so deep into quantum physics in the last five or six years but the truth is is that when you understand that you are much more than your physical body and you understand that you are literally like again worrying electrons or plasmatic fire you know charged particles standing waves whatever you want to call it um you you create your destiny in this realm or this experience or this, whatever you want to call this being in this third dimensional realm, you, you improve or enhance or expand your experience by your, by, by creating or improving your vibration. And really to really quantify vibration, I, I always say this to make it as easy as possible is there's a great doc, uh, you know, teacher slash doctor slash author, Dr. David Hawkins. And I know you're, you're familiar with him. Love him. Love him. And he's written a number of books on what he calls the map of consciousness, created the map of consciousness. Essentially, it's a scale, you know, from zero to a thousand. And the scale, you know, as it goes north, so from zero to up into the highest levels of 700 to a thousand, as you go higher, your vibration increases. And what vibration really is, is the simplest way to understand it is your rate of spin. So as a being, as a physical body, or again, as a a spiritual being, you know, at base essence, you are in a physical body right now. And the more, the higher your vibration or the higher your rate of spin, the more coherent you are as a being, which also, you know, defines down or drills down granularly to being resonant. So if you are a person, can you, if I may just stop, if I may just stop you, I'm, I'm appreciating your explanation. But when you say coherent, funny enough, that's a, a word I've come across um, in a similar context in a book I'm reading at the moment, and I'd like to know a little bit more about what you mean by, by coherence in this particular instance. Sure, sure. So basically, the easiest way to explain it is think of your cells. Think of your biological cells, your biological systems in your physical body. When you are coherent, everything is as it should be, meaning your heart's working, the, your vascular networks are pumping blood, there's no occlusions, you don't have any blockages, you don't have anything that's incoherent in your biological system. So what would be incoherent would be all the crappy man-made foods that you're eating, the man-made chemicals in the environment, the endocrine-disrupting chemicals. Um, the GMO, you know, the modified food additives, you know, the obviously crap that's in the air that you breathe, the water that's been polluted. So essentially anything that's not, you know, quote unquote, of source, creative force, God, whatever you want to classify it as that you would then consume into your body would be Mm -hmm. incoherent. that, That would obviously include like negative beliefs as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to get to that. So there's the psychosomatic or psychogenic aspect of it too. And, you know, I've actually been in debates with some like, some pretty smart people on Twitter recently about the whole coronavirus aspect. And I, you know, I've been saying to people that if you really truly understand quantum physics, um, you cannot get any disease, any dissonant vibrating virus or pathogen or microbe or invader cannot invade a coherent organism because the rate of spin of those cells does not allow a negative frequency slash vibration, again, a low rate of spin, a dissonant vibration to penetrate it. So again, if you are a person, and again, to think of like the Hawkins scale, if you're a person who's at 400 or 450 or higher, of course, and most people, you know, vibrate and resonate 
on a normal day that are of a high vibration are somewhere between like 350 and 450, right? Because 500 is like pure love, right? And I, I, I do think that there are beings that are pure love. Like I think if you were away from human society, you know, you were a monk in a cave or a monastery and you were pretty much isolated and you were obviously practicing these things that you and I are talking about in the show today, you could probably maintain a vibration of about 500 or higher, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, again, to understand this, you, you are, you, you cannot get sick. You cannot get the coronavirus if your cells are in resonance and their spin, um, and their rate of spin is totally coherent because again, the incoherent or the dissonant cells or, or of the invading pathogen virus, whatever you want to call it, microbe cannot break that field. So again, your field is resonant. So it's like a frequency or a field that is resonant, which means it cannot be, it's, purely coherent. It cannot be incoherent from, again, whatever you would call would be outside as an invader. So something negative. And and this goes back to energy too, or the psychogenic component, which you just said, right? So if you are a person who's below what I call the line of integrity on the scale, so you're an anger, you know, victim, uh, regret, despair, blame, guilt, shame, apathy, grief, hopelessness, miserable, evil, Mm -hmm. whatever, any of those negative adjectives, then your cells are not incoherent. Mm -hmm. So you don't even have to be physically sick, so to speak, but your enzymes, not your enzymes, your electrons, your spin, your rate of spin, again, remember at base essence, you are so incoherent because of those, those negative vibratory fields that you experience that you create physical dissonance you know, from disease, from, from anything. So again, it's like I tell people, like if your rate, if you're, and this is my simple statement, if you're vibrating at 400 or higher, the likelihood that you can get coronavirus is almost zero. Interesting. It's literally almost zero. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, the, the, I walk a very fine line between absolute believer and total skeptic because, you know, I've, dude, I've done, I know that there's a veil and that you can go beyond it. And there's a world beyond this one. I've fucking done it, dude. I've, I've, taken enough psychedelics to know that you know you know there's there's more to life than what we think there is but at the same time the the world so, so again i hate that word spirituality but but matters of the spirit have been so polluted a by traditional religion and then b by being hijacked by mediums and psychics and fucking crystal people that dangle crystal you know the, that whole world that's so full of fraud and bullshit that, you know, the first thing you, you tell me when, when you say that, oh, if you're at 400, you, you can't get sick is I say to myself, like, would someone at 400 be willing to then take a, a needle or a syringe full of AIDS riddled blood or Corona riddled blood and inject it in themselves? Because my, my skeptical mind is kind of trying to balance out the fact that, yeah, I love the idea of fucking being at a point where I'm so coherent that I can't sick. Yeah, I can't get sick. But at the same time, I don't know. Do you kind of get where I'm coming from, Jay, with that? Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. And I can assure you that you wouldn't get sick. Now, how many people are vibrating at 400 uh, loke on this planet right now? Less than 10%. Mm -hmm. You cannot be vibrating at 400 loke if you're a morbidly obese person. Yeah, interesting. Like, I, I I want to quantify things for people. Now, again, this is something, this is very simple to understand, but only when you're resonating at a frequency where it's simple Mm -hmm. to understand cannot be cellularly incoherent if you are morbidly obese. Your body is full of information. Mm -hmm. 
Inflammation is what causes dissonance. Dissonance at the cellular level causes degradation and degradation is what causes mm-hmm. disease. So it's impossible to be a poorly conditioned slash physically terrible shape, massively inflamed human being and to be vibrating at a high level. It's not possible. It's literally impossible. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting example. So you got the, the morbidly obese guy sitting on the on the rascal at, at Walmart. Well, I shouldn't say morbidly obese. Let's just put it this way: morbidly inflamed okay. is a better word. Because like there are people that are not, you know, from a physical appearance standpoint, um, not obese, but they can be massively inflamed, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously, sometimes genetics has a little bit to do with that. But if you are massively inflamed because of the way you treat your body, you know, the drugs, the alcohol, the shitty foods that you're eating, but you're genetically um, designed to be, you know, skinny fat or whatever, you know, from an appearance mm-hmm. standpoint, like you wouldn't appear to be morbidly obese, but you would still be, you know, horrifically mm-hmm. inflamed. And at that level of inflammation, you're not okay. coherence either. So it's impossible. So you could also get, you it's could impossible. Get, I mean, I, I, the word coherence, when, when you say it, I think of, for me, coherence is operating like like you're firing on all cylinders. So you're physically happy, you're emotionally happy, you're you're doing the work exactly. you're supposed to do. Yeah. But so remember, but in physical form, Nick, it's very important to know this. You cannot be firing on all cylinders at all times. It's impossible. That's why I like to use the 400 level, because 400 is the level of reason and understanding. And you know, you could you know you can think of it like this, like and both of us have done this, but you can have a meditation in the morning that literally takes you into the 700 level, right? Like you feel like you're an avatar, right? Like obviously when you're on a, under MEO and you're already a naturally high vibration person, you literally do feel the mm-hmm. source frequency. You feel the, you know, the pure love and bliss and serenity and all those things. So like, you know, that is then, right? But then you come out in your car and you drive home from your experience and somebody cuts yeah. you off on the road and you immediately, you know, your ego takes over in the physical form. So it's like you you can do all of these things, but you also have to recognize, again, you know, from a high vibrational rate and to be coherent. But you realize that while you're in physical form, you're still going to be de- dealing with the laws of, you know, matter. You're, you're still dealing, obviously, the laws of vibration in the matter realm, but you are going to know that you're going to vary. So no matter how advanced you are spiritually, um, you know, control of your state, running a resident or maintaining a resident frequency, you're still going to move from say, you know, at your max, maybe a 500, which again is pretty much love and reverence to, you know, 350 or 325 or 330 or something like that, just based on what happens to you in a, in a course of a day. And then, you know, what happens if somebody shoots your kid, sure. right? Like you can't, you cannot, I mean, obviously the law of resonance, which is the law of attraction pretty much proves that you're going to pretty much vibrate and attract other, you know, attractor patterns similar mm-hmm. to who you are. So it's like, it stands to reason that if you're a person of high vibration, it's unlikely that you're going to end up with somebody around somebody that wants to murder you mm-hmm. or your kids. But there's always exceptions to every rule. But I still think that you just have to accept that you're going to move, right? Like no matter how much you work on your inner state and how much coherence you develop in your life, um, you're still going to move from one point to another point. It's the master, as you said earlier in the podcast, is the person that can get their state back to a mm-hmm. very coherent, very you know resonant frequency as fast as they possibly can, you know, even though they know that the ego may pull them out at various times. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Actually... One of the things I'm working a lot with, uh, or I have been working a lot with over the last year, is 
I, I start when I start my day, I don't or before I start my day, I don't start my day until I've created a certain state within myself through whether it's doing a little gratitude exercise or whether it's giving and thinking of the people I love and just remembering some positive events in my life. I like kind of build this the state of of high vibration, I guess is the way the best way to put it. That's why I spoke to you about the word vibration. And then I begin my work, whatever that might be, or I go out into the world. And I found that the difference in the quality of my day when I've done that compared to when I haven't done that, or when I start my day instead by surfing the internet and answering emails, is it's it's like <laughs> it's, it's completely different. It's like I have a completely different experience. I'll take it deeper, like I look at the world now as like you're creating. So when you're creating, I think you and I have talked about this, but when you're creating, you are in this world. And when you are consuming, you are Mm. of this world. And obviously there's a combination with technology, but I, I really honestly see that if you do jump into a, you know, inorganic existence, which is obviously, you know, like you said, answering emails, checking, checking the internet, whatever, first thing in the morning, without connecting with, you know, your divine essence, which is obviously, you know, nature, grounding, you know, morning ritual, meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, then you set yourself off on an experience where the inorganic form of existence, you know, whatever, how you want to phrase it, I kind of call this the the false light. It becomes a manipulator rather than a tool. Hmm. So you have to just maintain and everybody kind of who's on this path, such as you, such as me, knows this, that like you cannot deviate very often. You really do have to make it, you know, as I call it, a, um, a ritual mm-hmm. focus of making sure that every single morning you wake up and you maintain control 100%. of your state through organic, life-sustaining activities versus the inorganic, which is the technology. Because, dude, we, you know, if you just consume all the time, you know, you go from the internet to Netflix to pull yeah. to whatever that is that inorganic you know i call mm-hmm. it false light that stuff can 100 percent in every capacity it 100 percent can everything and it's it's like uh again i don't know why i'm coming up with all these biblical verses today um they're just you know i was i was a christian when i was a lot younger and uh, that that stuff was implanted <laughs> right. deep all in my yeah so so there's um in the bible it says every day put on the armor of god right like it, and 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 so for me it's the same thing. Like every day you wake up and you brush your teeth, right? Every day you wake up and you take a shower. There's these certain things you do with, from a standpoint of hygiene, right? And you don't, you don't deviate from them. So why shouldn't you, why is it difficult for people to accept that there's a certain, there's certain spiritual tasks that you need to do every day. Like you need to every day meditate in the morning. You need to prepare yourself by, as you said, getting grounded or maybe taking a quick walk in nature or giving thanks or con- somehow connecting with your spirit you got to do that every single fucking day. It's not just like right. you go to a yoga retreat or you go drink ayahuasca on weekend and, and you're done. You can check that box right. and it's cool. I'm a spiritual dude. I'm, right, I'm and that's what out, most right? people do. Yeah. Right. It's, and it's that's like, exactly what most people do, bro. It's, it's exactly it's what most people do. dedication, right? It's, it's deciding this is for life. It's, i got to do it's this every tending, day. Exactly. Exactly. It's tending the garden. You did not become a professional, famous, you know, jujitsu fighter through a lack of work and effort and practice and fortitude. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like your inner work, you, you know, creating the inner sanctum is it, it, it requires the same amount of practice and discipline 
and focus that it did, you know, on the external. And, you know, there's something I want to go back to, you know, in this, to, to what you said about injecting yourself, you know, with a virus. Where I am in my walk on this path right now is that I know that my physical body, bro, is meaningless. This is, this is a trade. I have no fear of death. I know that death is a change of focus. It's not the end. It's not finite. This physical body is not me. This Jay Campbell name is not me. Um, I am literally, like I said, at base essence, a spirit, a soul. And when I am, when you, me, anyone connects with their higher self, which is essentially what soul really is, um, you are in connection with God. And mm-hmm. God is not this external Santa Claus in a white robe in the sky thing, which as you know, we've been brainwashed through Abrahamic religious teachings mm-hmm. to think. And once you disconnect from anything external and you realize that every answer to every conceivable question, even the ones you can't even think of right now, are found within, then everything drops out. And so it's like, you know, the idea that you could inject yourself with AIDS, if you spiritually you know, inner sanctum wise, know that that is not going to affect you and that you have, as you call it, the spirit of armor or the, you know, the, the plate of armor around you. Again, it's like a spiritual component around your body. And you, again, are of a high vibration already and you're resonant in your frequency. Then I honestly think, and again, I haven't you know done it. And for the purposes of my kids, I'm not going to experiment. But mm-hmm. I honestly think, I honestly think that you can not attached to the idea that you have a disease. And, you know, I also have said this for a long time to people around disease that your internal state, right? So again, love and trust of self, what you think about yourself, how much trauma you have or don't have, or how much you've integrated or or, um, not integrated Mm -hmm. um, really determines your physical state, right? So most people that get disease, it doesn't matter what it is. Again, and I've always, you know, again, I'm a big writer of inflammation and understand the physiological process probably better than most people, but you have to be internally corroded or dysfunctional or dysregulated to truly manifest the physical component. Now, that doesn't mean that, again, you can't walk out in public and get into a fight and have your nose broken or your eyeball knocked out or any of that stuff. But most disease is first starts internally. In the mind, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have- In the spirit, in the, spirit the mind or the spirit, yeah. Absolutely, dude. You've manifested a broken, you know, traumatized, unintegrated, whatever state internally that now leads to the physical manifestation. And again, I always go back to- We now know, and this has really only been in the last five years, but we now know that inflammation is the root cause of all disease, Mm -hmm. all of it. It's not, you know, this so-and-so or this so-and-so. And And again, as you know, allopathic medicine, they love to make things in boxes. They They love to wrap everything up and make people think that, oh, it's because of this. And if you just take this pill or this medication, you'll get fixed. And no, it's not that simple. First, you have to, you know, cure what ails you internally. Mm-hmm. And obviously, again, through the inner work and tending the garden and stuff like that. And then obviously also the body is a you know very pure vessel. You have to do the work, right? Which is, you know, eat clean, exercise, drop body fat, reduce inflammation. All of those things are crucial. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say like, if you are physiologically dysregulated, and again, as you know, dude, look at America today, right? Like Jesus, what, 70%, yeah. of, 70% yeah. of adults are obese, obese, right? By mm-hmm. BMI. 
you are dysregulated. Your cells are incoherent. You cannot be, visceral fat is the most inflammatory substance in the human body. It's literally like kerosene. So it's like when you have a bunch of visceral body fat, your, your system is sending out a cytokine storm at every moment. Every time you take a step, you're creating a cytokine storm. And cytokines are those proteins that cause inflammation, right? Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, basically, you know, because when, when we're recording this, whenever you run this, I mean, that's essentially, that's exactly what the coronavirus is. It literally is a mRNA virus that's engineered to create cytokine, cytokine storms in the human body. So elderly people who are not, you know, in the best of shape, you know, and most likely are inflamed, they're of a high risk of this because what ends up happening is, is it creates a cytokine storm and then you have, uh, like you just said, exactly an inflammatory response in the body and you can basically cough, you know, have, um, a, you know, like a sneezing or a wheezing fit or any of those things. And then that cause that cytokine storm that causes that initial action could cause then a, a breakdown biologically so that you could have a heart attack or a blood clot or a stroke or any of those things. Embolism doesn't really matter, but that's exactly the truth. So when you are inflamed due to obesity, due to a lack of love and trust of self, you are susceptible hmm. to the physiological manifestation of disease. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense to me. And I guess the way we've, the, you and I have framed it over the last few minutes is, it sounds like it's kind of hard to, to stay, you know, in coherence, but the, 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 I mean, because there's so much to do, you know, you've got to eat well, you've got to exercise, you've got to have, think good thoughts, you've got to constantly stay, stay on top of it. But I guess it's important to, to let people know that it's worth it. You know, when you are feeling great and you're physically healthy and you're thinking good thoughts and you're connected to your spirit and you're putting good work out there and you're just, you know, vibrating at a high, high frequency, life is fucking great. You know, it's, it's, it's worth all the effort. Exactly. But let, let me ask you something around that though. Cause so you just said it very well, you put it very elegantly. Do you think it's possible? Because I don't, I'll be first to say it, but do you think it's possible to be in a physiologically cellularly inflamed state and to feel amazing like in all the other components? Because obviously a lot of people will debate, you know, because it's a re- it's a normal question. It's like, well, are you saying that fat people can't be spiritually whole? And, you know, it's, it's an interesting question to posit. You know, I always go back to the books, the ancient texts that I've read, you know, especially the Greeks and the Romans. But they, you know, you know, Aristotle, you know, his, his, one of his most famous quotes was a sound mind builds a sound body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So again, if you think of the ancient alchemical aspects and quantum physics of things, again, if, again, it's basic and stuff, we said it a couple of times, but you're either resonant or dissonant or coherent or incoherent. Mm -hmm. If you're incoherent and dissonant, how are you going to be those things that you just elegantly stated, which is you feel great, you have amazing energy your high vibration, you know, you're passionate about who you are in your life. I, I posit in our argument that you can't be. I'm, I'm, you know, I go back and forth and it's a, it's a, an excellent question. Funny enough, I've just been thinking about it over the last uh, couple of months or so because I, I got really sick. That's why we, we canceled the last recording. Um, right. I, I was sick for a few months with, with this flu and this recurring like cough that kept coming back. And at the height of it, when the flu really kicked in about three or four weeks ago, you know, it's my understanding that flu also causes a ma- or influenza or any sort of virus of that nature causes a massive cytokine release, which causes inflammation. Yep. And man, I'm going to tell you straight up, I felt like shit, right? And it then creates this vicious cycle because usually if I'm not feeling like 
if I don't feel great, what I'll do is I'll take an action, like I'll meditate or I'll take a long walk or I'll go lift some weights or I'll go hang out with my friends or I'll do something to try to get me out of that state. But I was so ill and bedridden that I couldn't do any of those things. I couldn't meditate because I just start coughing. It's impossible to meditate while you're coughing all the time. I couldn't go exercise because I was ill. Couldn't be around my friends because obviously I didn't want to make them sick. And the truth is I became fucking miserable, right? And my coach, uh, who's a very um, spiritually connected and grounded woman, she said to me, you've got to start asking the questions why you became sick in the first place. Like, what is it within you that's, that was attracting this? And a part of me, again, <laughs> I, I walked that line of being the, the total believer and the total skeptic. A part of me was like, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe there was something I wasn't doing or I was having some sort of subconscious negative thoughts. Uh, and then another part of me is like, maybe I just got fucking flu, dude. People get flu, you know, people get sick. Like my wife got it as well. Right. Like we both had, the, you know, and, and like, oh, I mean, dude, honestly, like I'm going to tell you straight up right now that it's just psychosomatic because I know who you are as a physical being and you are in amazing shape. You know, you take, you know, I mean, bro, you're a fucking famous professional fighter. I mean, it, it all of these things and, and just FYI, like I haven't been sick, dude, since I was 28. Like even when I was a disaster spiritually, somehow my immune system, and I think honestly, truthfully, like most people who know me will tell you, even when I was like unconscious and fuck you pay me, I was always a super high vibrational guy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, cause I was always just passionate and I would always like help. I've always, I've, you know, I have a big heart. My wife will tell you, I've always like taken care of people. Like I, even when I was unconscious, I was taking care of people. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like when you are, vibrating in a very, very, you know, you're, you have a high vibration. Again, I always say a high rate of spin, you're coherent. Um, it's really, really hard to get sick. And when you're not, and you know how I'm, when I'm incoherent, just so you know, it's usually over like worries of, you know, financial things or just stupid shit. And like, you know how I feel it, dude, I feel pain in my low back. Interesting. That's very but other interesting. than that, I never get sick. And obviously I see a chiropractor, I see an ART person, so I really do think that all of our physical manifestations, whether they're illnesses, their pains, whatever they are, I really do think that they stem or, or originate or emanate from a psychogenic, you know, deficiency, deviation, uh, lack. And if we really were able to, and obviously allopathic medicine is a farce, there's no way to look into this. You, you can have healers, you can pay, you know, for regression hypnosis therapists, people that can do stuff. And you and I are connected to those type of people. But if you, if you looked at it from that perspective, every time it happened to you, I bet you'd find it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really honestly, well, you'd find it, but we don't look that way. Right. Until after the fact. And then we're kind of like, like you said, the skeptic in you is like, ah, oh, nah, dude, you just got sick. Mm. It's interesting. I, like I haven't, I haven't made up my mind either way. I mean, I will say that I categorically believe that, you know, your, your mental state does influence your physical state massively. For and sure. that, For you know, sure. that you, you have a far less likelihood of getting sick if you thinking positive thoughts and staying healthy. And exactly, bro. if you woke up every day, literally with that whole mantra of, you know, affirmations, words of power, whatever. And again, you know, it becomes kind of repetitive and sometimes silly, but if you did do that every single day and said, I am a perfect body of health, whole and complete, I, you'd be surprised. Mm. You, you'd be surprised. You know, what's that lady's name? You know, Monica has her app on the phone, on her phone. What's, you know who I'm talking about? The lady mm. that like, it, you know, whenever you have a negative 
a physical ailment. Um, is it, it's either Marianne Williamson or it's Louise Hay? It's Louise Hay. Dude, I swear to God, bro. I, I, I was so doubtful of all of this like six or seven years ago. Before, you know, when I first met Monica, I used to say it's bullshit. I, were, I was where you are right now. Uh, dude, download that app, put it on your phone. Mm-hmm. And every single time you have a pain or an ache or anything, look at what she says is the psychological corresponding mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. the root issue. And I swear to God, dude, it is so dialed in. It is insane. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a try tonight. But yeah, Luis, hey, dude, just download the app. It's free. Monica does it with me and I've been doing it. And like, I used to laugh because I would have these like low back debilitating issues. Uh-huh. And she's like, you're worried about money again. And I'm like, no, I'm not. What the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I'm telling you. There it is. And sure enough, dude, like I've, able to trace what it is mm-hmm. that causes the issue. And I, I, I swear to you, there's something in your mind, again, it's, you know, whether it's, it, it could be, bro, a lot of times it really is trauma from a past life that you don't even know is there. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it, it's very, I, I don't close myself <laughs> off to that possibility, but Jay, let, let's, cause we're, we're coming to the end of the, the show uh, now, but I, I want to ask because you're sure. obviously, as anyone who's listened to this will, understand a very knowledgeable guy and you've you figured a lot of this stuff out so let's put it in the frame of vibration and coherence if there's a guy out there listening to this and he wants to become a more coherent higher vibrating uh, human being what what are five things that you'd suggest he do like five practical things that he can just go and start doing straight away yeah man it's a great question i literally just came off a podcast and that's kind of what people ask um so to be a shill, I've made some videos on my channel, which is, you know, just the Jay Campbell podcast on YouTube um, about what it means to be high vibrational and what you can do. But very simply, it's honestly, it really is very simple. There's no like magic things. It's like you said, you know, you, they're, they're, oh, okay. So <laughs> a week ago, I agreed with you about there are no magic trinkets or crystals or any of that shit, but I will tell you this. And again, I don't want people to like replace this with the real power, more, much more powerful, instructive stuff I'll give in a second, but there is a crystal. It's not really a crystal. It's a stone. It's called Moldavite. Have you ever heard of Moldavite? I have actually heard of it. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen it or used it myself, but I have. Okay, so dude, so dude, so dude, I'm wearing one right now. I'm holding it in my hand right now. I've literally, Monica gave me this uh-huh. for my birthday last Monday. And she said, look, when she was in Iceland, she ran into a Reiki person who just was literally on the same tour that they were on. And they were talking for like three hours and she was telling her about me and, you know, I'm on this kick to like teach people vibration and resonant frequency and blah, 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 blah. blah. And the lady was like, Oh my God, you're not going to believe this. you got to check this place out. So anyway, my my wife started watching this guy. He's this Italian or Spanish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, woo guy who sells these things and they're called tectites. Anyway, Moldavite is a asteroid it comes from outer space and it's the highest vibrational stone in existence. Anyway, she got this to me for a week ago, bro. And let me just put it this to you this way. Since I got this stone around and I'm wearing it right now around my neck, I've ordered a <laughs> ring and a fucking bracelet. Okay. There's a book. There's a book that literally is at my house right now. I haven't opened it because it came this morning and you know, I had my real estate meeting and then that podcast and now I'm talking to you. Um, about Moldavite, but it's very scientifically based. You can research it. You can read about it. It's the highest vibrational stone in existence. So anyway, that's the only trinket that I would recommend a person to raise their vibration. But I will tell you this, if you are a low vibration person and you hold Moldavite, it will literally burn your fucking finger. 
that's how high vibrational the stone is. Um, and I know that because uh, as I was researching it once I, and by the way, dude, I knew nothing about Moldavite. She literally gave this to me for my birthday last Monday and she says, wear it. And I'm like, why? And she's like, just trust me, wear it. And the first three days that I wore it, I was sleeping, you know, obviously Mercury's in retrograde right now and I'm really susceptible because I'm a Pisces and I don't sleep well whenever Mercury's in retrograde. I started sleeping like unfucking believably well. And and by the way, I wasn't wearing it while I was sleeping, but it was on my nightstand. So I started wearing it thinking, I started reading about it and I started reading about it, how high vibration it was. Anyway, dude, like I wear it when I go to bed at night, but to, 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 to answer the question beyond like adding a, a trinket like Moldavite, which again is an amazing uh, piece that you could add physically if you are already vibrating higher. So you can just mm-hmm. treat people with care, compassion, concern, kindness, love, forgiveness, allowance, acceptance. Again, the whole golden rule. Um, you know, I say this all the time when I came back from Peru last year, I told you this already, you know, I learned from the indigenous about the practice of Ani and Ani is obviously the divine reverence and understanding and awareness, um, of the sacred nature of all things. You know, everything is conscious. Everything is, um, has a, uh, has life and is sentient, the rocks, you know, the stream, the rivers, the wind, all that stuff. And I, and, and ever since I really started embracing that Nick and pushing that thought process into my collective, like I would say, uh, belief patterns. Um, my life has massively gone on an upward spiral. So that's great. Vibration is really just to increase your vibration. You just do, do good stuff. Just do good just stuff. Think good thoughts. Yeah. Just do good stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally like on the podcast today, Pierre Sabak said, yeah. just be kind. Literally. It's like, just be kind. I mean, you got, you know, you're going to laugh at this dude, but since I started going down this vibrational path, you should see the way babies and animals are around me, dude. Like they know, like I, I tell people this all the time, like animals are in a frequency that we don't even understand, but like animals know a coherent versus mm-hmm. incoherent being. They are going to come up to you if you are resonating or vibrating at a, you know, a decent rate. And again, you know, for qualitative or quantitative purposes, you know, again, go back to the map of consciousness scale with Hawkins, but I, you know, my number in the sand is 400. But if you're, if you're around 400 and you vibrate there most of the time, and again, 400 from a understanding is literally as understanding reason, wise, meaningful, you know, between 400 and 500 is love, reverence, mm-hmm. revelation, that kind of stuff. Right. But if you're in that level, mm-hmm. the animals know, bro, my dogs, my little rat dog, by the way, Simba, he used to hate me. And I didn't really like him because I thought of him as a rat dog. And now I don't think of him as a mm-hmm. rat dog. I'm just saying it right now on the podcast. I never call him that anymore. I'm always constantly like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy. And I don't know, dude. It's, I know it sounds kind of simplistic, but if you just change at how you look at the world from a feeling standpoint and treat people with love and kindness and respect and not as like, mm-hmm. how am I going to fuck this person over? Or how am I going to make money off this person? It's really amazing how quick things change. Now, remember, not everybody Mm. is a high vibration person. A lot of people are low vibration, low energy. It's very difficult for them to get motivated. You know, I I hate saying this because I always say this a lot, but a lot of really morbidly obese people are low vibration. And you, 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 and again, I'm not judging them. No, I can, no, I can believe that. And, and again, you don't have to, it doesn't necessarily mean you're making a judgment when you say that it's just an observation. No, no, exactly. 
Well, well, so so again, from a quantum physics standpoint, rate of spin determines energy, right? If you read the Kabbalion and you understand there's a lot of great stuff in the Kabbalion about vibration, energy is dependent on the rate of spin in your physical body. Again, cellular coherence or just coherence itself. So it's like the lower your energy, Mm -hmm. the lower your rate of spin. When you have low energy and low rate of spin, you're going to be, it's going to be harder for you to not be lean, to not Mm -hmm. be active, to not be energetic. So a lot of like really heavy people are literally just unfortunately low vibration. So for them, they have to increase or make a you know a concerted effort sure. to increase their frequency to you know increase the movement pattern. Yeah, I mean it could be you could also look at it uh, another way to. I mean, when I think of someone who's morbidly obese, it's my my belief is that very often eating uh, like when you see something that's fat, it's usually be it's the root of it is fear. It's the worry that there's not going to be enough. So they, yeah, exactly. Everything is fear. Yeah. Everything is fear. That's the root of everything. Again, I always say lack. And fear is one of the lowest vibrations of them all, right? Totally. It's it, you know, apathy, shame, guilt, and fear are all the lowest forms, but you're right. I mean, you really, and again, it's, to me, it's the simplest way is just lack of love and trust of self. When you do not love and you do not trust yourself, you're in fear automatically. It's that simple because you don't love and trust yourself. And dude, how many men, you know this cause you coach men, but how many men are taught by society, by religion, especially Abrahamic teachings, to sacrifice everything for everybody else. Sure. They never learn to love and trust themselves. And I'm always having this conversation with other men that I mentor. I'm like, look, dude, until you can literally know that until you are sovereign, empowered, and feel good about yourself, how are you going to give that same love to your children or your wife? You can't. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't give something you don't already have, right? Just... Jay, what a what a pleasure, man! That was probably the longest episode I've done so far because it just it just went it just went by so quick. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Just cut out all the shit. No, 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 no. There's no, no cutting out. <laughs> There's no cutting out. This gets. But you asked me a great question because, like, I was thinking about that the whole time about like, would you inject, you know, HIV cells into your body, you know, and really put that to your test? And I really think sure. I would if I didn't have kids. But, you know, just as that guy and, you know, don't want to put my kids in that position. But, dude, it's an amazing question. No one's ever asked me a really good question about that because it really does yeah. challenge my frequency. But I, I, I still do think that a master, you know, no, uh, you know, and again, <laughs> Pierre Sabak talks about manipulation mm-hmm. of the waveform duality. But it's like when you are a real master of your state of being, your internal presence, you really can make yourself immune to anything. But it's like, do you resonate that? I don't believe in those kinds of absolutes anymore because I think that the the system that we're in, the 3D matrix that we live in, is so complex that I believe that, yeah, you can massively influence uh, your your physical well-being and your experience in the world. But there are many variables, uh, one of them being what life wants for you, another one being karma, another one being the vibration of the people around, you know, there's so many different moving parts to life and it's so complex. I kind of don't really speak in those absolute statements anymore, but I, I think there is a lot of truth to what you say. And I wanted to ask you, Jay, before we we end officially, the people listening, if they want to, I know you, you're the testosterone expert and uh, they can find out about you on TRT. Um, is it TRT revolution? Is your, your thing? I'm sorry, you don't. 
Yeah, so Changing Revolution is my current site, and it's a good question. Your new thing, your new movement is is you're, yeah. you're like, no, what about vibration? Yes, yeah, so it's going to be, J- yeah, it'll be jccampbell.com. That'll be the new domain. And everything that's actually on TOT Revolution will be pushed to that. Uh, but the easiest way to get a hold of me is you can find me on cha- on Twitter at jcampbell333. And then that's going to be my social media presence everywhere awesome. else to Instagram. You know, 333 is... 333 for people who don't know is kind of like a uh, archangel, um, you know, on the wings of angels, like, you know, literally just again, resonating at the highest vibrational frequency, just because like, I'm, I'm kind of drawn to that. Obviously, a lot of my readings and stuff like that, I read about angels and stuff like that, and just the whole angelic understanding. Um, but to what you said, like, there are no absolutes, there's absolutely no doubt, but I do think and I would actually say it's a knowing for me, and obviously it's not a universal truism for everyone, but it's a knowing for me that you mm-hmm. can create your reality through conscious words, focused thoughts, and massive, mm-hmm. massive intentional actions. So if you if you know that and you obviously, you know, I hate using the word believe, but if you if you if you think and know that, you can absolutely manipulate as I call the waveform, because again, you know, when you really get deep into quantum physics, all we are is standing waves, right? And, you know, obviously there's oscillating particles too, but when you can manipulate your waveform, you can create any reality you want. And, and again, the higher your vibration, the higher your coherent frequency, the more likelihood you're going to get a positive outco- outcome from the reality that you want to create. That's awesome. Jay, thanks again for your time, my man. And uh, I hope to have you back on the show again, and we'll, we'll do a second part. I would love to. And I'm going to have you on the Jay Campbell podcast soon too, brother. I appreciate you, man. Send you love. Yeah, that went even further out there than I expected it to. And I'm sure you all heard it was sensed that there was some skepticism uh, in my voice, especially when it came to some of the things that Jay was discussing. The vast majority of them I, um, I'm on board with, in particular, the idea that we're all energy vibrating at a certain frequency and that that frequency largely determines the the people, circumstances, and events that you experience in your life. I'm totally sold on that. I have pretty much, I don't want to say no doubt, but a high degree of certainty that that is is the case. Certain other things I couldn't quite get on board with. You know, I'm inherently skeptical of the whole crystal thing. There's just too much bullshit in that world, and I've seen too many hippies trying to sell crystals at festivals and stuff for me to just take it seriously and they're usually people whose lives aren't together i guess that's one of the reasons another reason i kind of am like uh, i'm inclined to always entertain what jay says is he's got his shit together do you know what i mean he 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 makes good money and he's he dresses well and he's uh got a, a nice wife and a stable home life and a successful business and he's in shape and his shit's together right like that's why i'll entertain what he has to say and also i sense i sense that he's genuine Right, like, and even if the things, even if I'm skeptical of the things he's he's sharing, I know he believes in them 100%, and he's not just trying to sell me something. He's really, he stands behind what he believes in, and I think that's so important and that's so rare, and and that's why I recommend if this is an area of interest to you, seek out more of Jay's work. I'm sure you'll thoroughly enjoy it, and you'll get a lot out of it. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the show. And next week, we'll be back with another powerful guest. Until then, love and light.